believe it was 2019, she had ordered that a woman that had Down syndrome, that she be forced to abort the pregnancy. I law that the NHS would force an abortion. And she was already at like 22 weeks. And that made some headlines, became a global thing, like a judge ordered a forced abortion. This is insane. Sounds familiar. So what the mother did was she applied for an appeal course and the judge specifically warned her, well, if you appeal and you lose and you'll have to have a really late term abortion, you don't want to deal with that, do you? But fortunately, this woman still appealed and won. And it was after that, Justice Levin was assigned to run the family division for the United Kingdom. Welcome to Why Daddy Never Cries podcast with your host, Chuck Kelleher. At Why Daddy Never Cries, we'll explore the lives surrounding daddies, their children, divorce, and silent domestic violence. We'll hear real-life horror stories from unsung heroes fighting for the ability to stay in their children's lives. We'll get those voices heard and hopefully find solutions before you lunatics burn the whole place to the ground. Hang in there, daddies. Chuck's here. Chuck Kelleher and Why Daddy Never Cries are providing his podcast as a public service. I've known Chuck for 45 years, and he's neither a lawyer nor a mental health professional. He's not a doctor nor a rogue scholar by any stretch of the imagination. Chuck is simply a guy who's lived in hell for 20 years. Once he found a way out, he drew a map to help others navigate their own way home. The views and opinions expressed by Why Daddy Never Cries, employees, or our guests are their own. Guest appearance on the program do not imply an endorsement of them, their opinions, or any entity they represent. And please, for the love of God, If you have any questions or fears about unique circumstances, please contact a lawyer, a religious leader of your choice, or medical professional in your area. Don't fuck this up, brothers, because we're all in this together. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Voss G2, for helping small and medium-sized businesses elevate their brand perception with design. Take your brand to the next level at VossG2.com. We'd also like to thank Harry Duran and his team at Fullcast for their amazing assistance. If you're planning a podcast and you haven't contacted Fullcast, you might as well call your show Podfade. Hey, first and foremost, I want to thank everybody out there for all the well wishes. Uh, my father is still in the hospital. Hopefully he'll get out of there eventually. Unfortunately, one of the many tears that fell from my eyes over the past two weeks was holding my father's hand and thinking of all the parents out there who are alienated from their children. It broke my heart to have seen another way parent alienation tortures the victim. It's bad enough we lose our children when they're young There's always hope that we'll be reunited, and we hold on to that hope with everything we have. But you know what you can hold when you're old, confused, scared? Is that child's hand when they think you never loved them, or for some reason, they don't love you because they've been twisted. 2024, we're going to do our best to put the shining spotlight of the sun on parent alienation and false allegations before more good men die alone. All right, this is part two of David and Keanu's story. You would think by now the UK government would have returned an American child to an American dad who has full legal custody as per the American government. But no, that still hasn't happened. So here we go again. You think part one was weird? Wait to hear what they're doing to him in part two. All right, let's get into this. Then you're dealing with a social worker, Jessica Keene over there, right? She was your first social worker over there? Uh, first, it was Serena Dedral. Okay. And she approached everything, like everything the mother said was true Mm -hmm. until proven not true. Seems to be the case. Yeah, there was a very heavy bias. Um, I mean, the mother was saying that I was trying to kill her, trying to kill my son, that I had raped her, just on and on, everything the mother could think of. And even, I'm pretty sure Serena Dedral even realized that there's no way all this is true. Right. This is just too much. Like she's throwing everything at me, hoping something sticks. Yeah. So after a number of months, the social worker did come around and realized, oh, the mother's been projecting. And she even wrote in one of her reports, she wrote that despite Christine repeatedly accusing the father of trying to kill her, threatening her and their son, I can find no evidence of any kind to support it. But we do have evidence that she hired someone to kill the father. And they have evidence. Yeah. They're the ones that found out and told me. Because she texted the friend. Yeah. And the friend was deeply concerned and contacted the authorities in the UK. And it was that social worker that told me in the first place before any police talked to me. It was that social worker giving me a heads up. Hey, the mother's uh, hired someone to kill you. By the way, there's somebody out there, a stranger who just might want to be killing you. And they don't give you the heads up over here. Yeah. No, watch out. Thanks, guys. 
but this social worker had Serena. She put down that they should look into transitioning my son back to me. There wasn't a conclusion made yet, but that was the direction that she was leaning towards. She had a couple more questions. She wanted to look into a couple of things, but that's what she was moving towards. Then all of a sudden they switched social workers. Hmm. I don't know why. Okay. We don't have a reason. So maybe there was a good reason, but I don't know why that happened. Then all of a sudden the social worker is blessed whore. And Blessed Whore basically ignored all the previous work that had been done and took the mother's side in every possible way, just assumed every claim made about me was true. A good example was when he's, he acknowledged that, yes, the mother tried to you know, hire someone to have you killed. And then he said, well, what would she say in response to that? Maybe she would bring up that you wanted to have the child aborted. And I was like, well, yes, I did encourage abortion early on because there was no relationship between me and her. I knew she was out of her mind and that he'd be in danger the moment he was born. So I didn't want to bring him into that that world. Right. So for the social worker to kind of like compare the mother actually abusing him, actually hiring someone to kill me with me suggesting that she have an abortion. I was like, this is irrelevant. It's not comparable. Is abortion legal over there? I don't know. Is abortion legal in the UK? I would assume. Yeah, it's legal. I'm not sure what the parameters are for it. Yeah, it's legal. Okay. And and my understanding is that they're much less religious too over there. Very much so. So you'd think they'd have less stigma over that, Mm -hmm. but not in this case. It's crazy. Old blessed horror took it very serious. He's blessed. (laughs) So again, this will be in the show notes, folks. Told you that you provide emotional warmth to your son. Yes, he did. Yes. Yep. I had several meetings with him, parenting assessments, and he said that he and he referenced other people. That, that we're looking into the case that everybody was reporting mm-hmm. that I had demonstrated emotional warmth towards my son, and that this was a wonderful, positive, et cetera. Obviously, he said the same in court. Oh, yeah. If you take the stand, you know, you can't, uh, you can't lie. You can't violate the oath. You can't commit perjury. Yeah, he works for the system. So obviously, he's going to be on the level. Very trustworthy. Very professional. We have video. Yeah. He ends up saying that um, he was at risk of emotional harm if placed with me. Emotional warmth. Emotional harm. Emotional harm. So one thing while under oath, one thing while not. Um, and he had no basis of any kind for saying that. Nothing. Did you ask him if he was sleeping with Christine? Because that sounds fucking asinine. <laughs> well, that's, of course, the most frustrating thing in all this is that the way they do the court proceedings in the UK is someone blatantly says something that's absolute bullshit. You can't go, objection, you know, whatever. You can't interject anything. Really? They're allowed to just continue lying unchallenged. They say their piece, then the other person can say their piece. There's no interjection over the course of it, none. And if you have a lawyer, which I did, they do the talking for you. If you suddenly want to say something, forget it. It's not going to happen. You're muted. I was muted. I couldn't talk. Almost all the court proceedings, I'm on mute. I'm not allowed to talk. Why are you even there? (laughs) Why don't they decide your family's fate without you? Oh, they're doing that, but... Well, in my case, it's the only purpose that it really served was that I got to record all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad I, that's the only real involvement I had, except for when I was on the stand, when I was the one being questioned. Okay. I think in total, it was like 12 hours Yikes. of them interrogating me. And of course, they never got to interrogate the mother because they kept her in a mental hospital saying she didn't have capacity to participate. So we couldn't pick her brain or expose her. It's all just on me. Just demonize the father. Oh, the poor mother has a mental health problem. You should feel really bad for her. And we do, but let's give the kid back to his father. Yeah. And keep the kid in the family. Yeah. Keep him together with his family. And acknowledge that she was refusing to take her medication. She was denying any wrongdoing of any kind. So that's why I've, I've always said that, listen, I'm sensitive to mental illness. Mm-hmm. If someone has an actual mental disorder that affects their ability to parent, you can't have them around that kid. But that person should seek help. Yeah. And if they seek that help and they get better, well, then they can be around the kid. Absolutely. That's fine. But that's not what she was doing. She was just blatantly denying everything she did. And she's not delusional enough to actually believe her own bullshit. She knows she's lying. So, Oh, so she's really not that delusional, huh? No, not even close. How do we know this? Because uh, you, you lived with her. <laughs> well, not really. Yeah, well, briefly, briefly. There was one time when she was briefly living with me, actually just renting a room for me for, for, for one month. Okay. Had an empty room, needed the money. She offered to rent it out. I shouldn't have, but she rented the room and I came home from work and she's laying in my bed. But at this point, I already hated her. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. So normally you come home and you got a hot chick in your bed. That's a fantastic <laughs> thing to come home to. Yeah, it's not a bad night. 
the last thing I wanted was her there because she'd been texting me at work all day. Mm. And I told her, I said, get out of my room, go to the room you're renting and leave me alone. I need time to myself. She refused to leave. I tried talking. That didn't work. And I said, all right, I'm just going to pick you up, oh, no. bring you to the hallway, set you down and shut my door. Yep. So I picked her up, brought her to the hall, set her down. That's it. Next minute, she's calling the police trying to report that I assaulted her. Of course. And while she's on the call and she keeps glancing at me, hoping I'm going to freak out and mm -hmm. be like, okay, okay, fine. Like she's hoping I'm going to crack for whatever reason. And just as she got to the point where she'd have to give identifying information, I said to her, I said, you do whatever you want, but be aware that if you falsely accuse someone, you can be charged with that same level of crime. So if you falsely report someone for a felony, you can be charged with a felony. Uh, that's California law? I, th I think it's in the U.S. I'm pretty sure. They never do anything about it. Oh, no, no. It's never. No, 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 no. No, Chuck. Oh. No, just because it's a law doesn't mean it's an enforced law. Because <laughs> <laughs> most aren't. But she had been crying on the phone. And right after I said that, the tears stopped immediately. Wow. And she hung up and just went, you asshole. And I was like, all right, you can clearly turn it on and off. Yeah, that's uh, that's a talent. <laughs> and the fact that there was actual video footage of her trying to abduct my son, which she saw. Oh, yeah, that was insane. So so it's like, you can't deny this happened. She can't deny it. She insists to this day that that didn't happen. And it's not delusion. It's because she actually thinks that if she maintains innocence and never breaks, that somehow that's going to work out for her. That's her mentality. Yeah, I know that type of person. Yeah, and it's like, it's not going to work. It's, it's on video. Not in the age of video. No, sorry. Yeah, no. Now, if it wasn't on video, yeah, probably. She'd get away with that 100%. I tell you, if this story wasn't on video, I might not ask you to come on the show because it's so far-fetched. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's got to be lying. And I saw all this stuff. I mean, this. Yeah, that's why I've been posting on TikTok and a lot more to come. Because people I initially told about it, even people close to me, were like, that didn't come on. Like, they thought, you're exaggerating. Yeah. She couldn't have done that. When I saw the video of her, it's perfect, like, what do you, CTV camera footage. You see her walk in, you see her walk out, you see her fighting the women in the parking lot. And you're like, she's not the baby? I'm like, where'd these guys get this weird YouTube? And they're like, oh, that's David's fucking ex-wife. I'm like, what? Yeah, her ex, I don't even know what she is. She's not a wife. She wasn't even a girlfriend. I don't know what she is. Ex-nightmare, I guess. It's a reason why crazy's not fun anymore, gentlemen. Maybe at one time crazy was fun, but the liability afterwards is it's not worth it, man. Mental health is nothing to be messed with. And if you're going to poke the bear for fun, shit, you'll pay for it for years and come. And even worse, so your kids pay for it. Yeah. It was interesting that when she was less than a month pregnant, I had a very lengthy conversation with her on the phone. Mm -hmm. And I specifically told her, I said, if you go through with this pregnancy, it's your choice to do it. I'm not stopping you. But if you do, I know the danger you pose to him. So I will fight for full custody. That's going to happen. And you're going to lose because the stress alone is going to make you even more unhinged. I understood what she would do. And I said, and that will put him in even more jeopardy and increase the likelihood of something serious happening. You know why she kept the baby? Because it kept you in her life. That was definitely initially the case. Yep. I mean, she would refer to me as a sperm donor. Aren't we all? Yeah, but she had initially, uh, which was interesting, I had talked to her and we had discussed that she needed to be on birth control if we were going to be involved. And she had agreed to that and even taken it in front of me. Yeah. She later admitted she was spitting it out and poking holes in the condoms. And she said, I used you, you piece of shit. I got a beautiful baby. And then it was just before he was born and a little just after I tried to play the card of, okay, fine, whatever you want. Yeah. Like I got to that point. I was like, fine, yeah, let's, let's be together. <laughs> let's give it a go. Mm -hmm. And that's when she went, no, too late. It's like, fuck, you've been hounding me for this. Now you get it. That's all she wanted to hear. And now you don't actually want it. So all you wanted was what you couldn't have. And once you had it, you were no longer interested. Mm -hmm. She wanted to hear you break. And could not put the child first. And I made that point in that, that one video with her where I told her, I said, listen, this isn't about you. It's not about me. It's about this kid deserves to have his parents in his life. Yeah. And we should be able to work that out. But I mean, clearly at this point, it's a rare case where she can't be in his life. Yeah. Off the charts, dangerous. I mean, he's definitely traumatized. I mean, the report that I got from Coventry City Council mentioned that he was waking up in the middle of the night screaming. Okay. And when asked what's wrong, he was terrified that his mother was there to take him away. Jesus. I'm like, why would a three-year-old ever have to experience that? You're afraid of their mom. Afraid of that their mom's going to take him. So clearly he knows very well, unfortunately, how dangerous his mother is, even though apparently the entire Coventry City Council and Justice Levin don't agree. To this day. Apparently not. I mean, now they're moving to have him placed with 
the mother's sister in Florida, not with the mother. Okay. But the aunt is on record in a Florida home study document stating that she intends to turn him right back over to the mother. So the sister just wants him to give him to the mother. That's it. Fucking, I'm sorry, man. This is, uh, this is driving me fucking bananas. Ugh. So essentially the UK, by putting him with the aunt, is giving him to the mother. Right. That's really what they're doing. Just what they want to do anyway. Yeah. And one point that my lawyer wisely made while in- interrogating Blessed Hor. Blessed Hor was trying to say, oh, the child would be in danger with the father because the mother will try to take him away. Right. It was like, yeah. And the lawyer said, well, what you're missing, Mr. Hor, is she's going to try to take him away from whoever has him. It doesn't matter if it's the sister, if it's the father, she's going to come for him. That's going to happen. So why is one person safer than the other? And Blessed Hor just stumbles with that like he can't figure out what to say and then says, well, uh, there is a risk. But then he says, but the relationship between uh, the mother and the sister isn't as toxic as between the mother and the father. And when I heard that, I was like, that just makes it more likely. Yeah, you're proving his point. (laughs) That he's going to be turned over. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm the one that got a restraining order against the mother. I have authorities over here. The LAPD have offered relocation services if necessary. Wow. So that me and my son can basically go into hiding just short of a witness protection program. Jeez. And the UK is just like, meh. (laughs) <laughs> whatever. 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 And that's currently still their plan. They have a, a custody order registered in Florida that technically says that the aunt is already um, in charge. Now, would that supersede LA? It can't. There's no way. There's no way once the baby gets back here. By all rights, it shouldn't. Yeah. But but it's it's very difficult to trust these courts because they don't seem to follow the law. Yeah. So that's what's so upsetting is that you look at the law and uh, I win hands down. No question. It's actually a very black and white case despite all the various details of it. It boils down to a very clear situation. You have videotape of the mother kidnapping the child, not once, but twice. Kidnapped from the US to the UK. In the UK from the child service center, the social service center, visit visiting center. Well well the yeah, it was from a visiting center over there. What's interesting is that the mother returned from the UK earlier this year, I think it was in March. I didn't get a heads up. You'd think they would have told me because she intends to have me murdered. Yeah. But no one, no one told me. And the Coventry City Council knew. They didn't tell my lawyers. They didn't tell anyone else. Uh, so she returns to the U.S., leaving her son behind. Even though all her accommodations, everything was being paid for by the U.K. Really? So it's not like she was struggling. You kid, you kidnap my kid and, and you get free room and board? This is insane. Yeah. And then she threatens to kill the father, returns to the country where the father is, and they don't even notify the father. That's not a red flag. No. How do you leave a, a state without your kid, let alone a country? I I don't know. I couldn't have done what she did. I would have stayed there for sure. Oh, yeah. If everything's being paid for. It's like I couldn't go to the UK and just stay there because I have a job here and I've got obligations here. Right. It gets complicated, but she had no job. She was already on disability getting thousands of dollars a month. And all she had to do was sit there and everything's taken care of. Couldn't even do that. She couldn't do that. I presume she feared legal charges because she was being investigated. There was no charges yet. For the child abuse. Oh, more so the abduction and the... uh, the two assaults. Oh, okay. So they were actually possibly thinking they were contemplating arresting her. Oh. They were considering. Yeah. Six months later, no, no arrest, but you know, they were thinking about it. Do you imagine? So she comes back to the US and she is charged. Um, in the US, she was arrested for felony child concealment, which was on the warrant. Oh, right. And they also added a felony for kidnapping. Okay. So I thought finally <laughs> justice might be served in some way here. It goes to court. And she simply tells the judge, I'm not the father. Oh, no. So the judge is like, well, if he isn't the father, hypothetically, then it's not kidnapping or child concealment. Oh, Jesus. So what happens? They said that because the DNA test was done in the UK, not in the US, they would have to subpoena the lab technician in the UK to testify that I was the father. You just take my DNA test and do it all over again right here. Exactly. I was like, let's just do it. I'll pay for it. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll even front the bill. Like, really? This is the thing that's going to hold things up? But I wasn't part of that proceeding. Right. It had nothing to do with you. So well after that, that evening, I get a message from the district attorney, prosecutor, who said, uh, just so you know, your ex is back on the street. We had to let her go. Um, all charges have been dropped. But we just want to let you know because of her, you know, saying she's going to kill you and we don't know where she is. Good luck, buddy. I was like, fantastic. Fantastic. Because now she can show that. Yeah. You make it look like, see, I was innocent. I was falsely accused. He's a liar. It's like, no, you just, we just had a shit judge. The paperwork was very clear, explicit. Um, And also the fun thing is that 
this is the part that blows my mind. Whether or not I even had paternity or custody. Well, no, we'd still need paternity. But whether or not I had custody. I mean, California, under California law, as soon as your child is born anywhere in the United States, you have automatic custodial rights. Really? Whereas in like in Oklahoma, where she lived, she had automatic custodial rights. But if you're not married, the father has to apply. So you have to say, oh, I'm I'm the father. I want to be part of this. You have to fight for that. In California, it's automatic. You have custodial rights. Why? Because you have a child in this country. Someone needs to take care of it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So automatically, both parents have custodial rights. So according to the family law code in California, I always had custodial rights. And that was one of the specific arguments we used for the case. Yeah. That's why they were able to go, hey, this is also not just child concealment, it's abduction. Because he had custodial rights and she took him. But the child was born in Denver. Yeah. She decided to drive up to Denver because she wanted to give birth there. I don't know why. Mile high. I don't know why. She claimed, uh, the only thing she had mentioned was that she thought they had a lower C-section rate in Colorado, but I don't know how that really differs between states. That didn't make sense to me. So my oldest was born in Colorado. We were living in the mountains at the time. And the only benefit I could think of was her lung capacity being born at high altitude. Possibly her lungs would be stronger. That's true. When she got back down to sea level. That was the only thing I could think of. Yeah. If she had made that argument, that would have been a decent one. Yeah. That would have been something. But what was really nuts, too, is that she was already going into labor, hops in the car and drives up to Denver. I'm like, what? From Oklahoma City? Yeah. And she texted me that she was doing that, that her mother was in the passenger seat. I was like, why isn't your mother driving? What are you doing? And it was it was November. It was November 17th. So there's snow. Oh, that's right. That's when he was born. Yeah. So there, there was there's snow. It's wintertime. And you're pregnant driving in the middle of the night in labor, driving to another state to give birth for whatever reason. She probably wanted to have the kid in the car to have that story. Maybe. I'm just trying to put logic where there's none. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. And that's one thing that got me for a long time is that I was trying to figure out, well, there must be a reason for what she's doing. I might not agree with it, but there must be a logical explanation. And I kept searching for that. I was like, she must make sense in some twisted way. There must be an argument somewhere. Yeah. And there just wasn't. I mean, case in point with the judge ruling that my son should be placed in Florida with his aunt. I just have a short excerpt here from her final judgment. Okay. And this sounds positive. She says, the position in respect of the father is more complicated. There are undoubtedly positives about the father's interactions with Keanu and his position to care. Contact has been good, indeed very good. Having watched the video compilation, although I note that it should not have been made, it is clear that the father engages very well with Keanu and is both focused and imaginative in the way he interacts. As the case law makes clear, in most cases, it is beneficial to a child to be placed with one or both of their birth parents. The father says, and I have no reason to doubt, that he can provide appropriate accommodations for Keanu and that he has a good standard of living. I also accept that the father is highly protective of Keanu, I'm confident he could and would protect him from any attempt by the mother to abduct him or otherwise interfere in his life. I do not doubt that the father would engage the courts and the police, gain restraining orders, and if necessary, move states in order to ensure the mother did not pose any threat to Keanu. It is important to give those positive aspects of the father's case full weight, then proceeds to give him away. Oh my God. And the setup is that I'm allowed to have six visits a year for two hours each visit every two months. And it must be fully supervised. No recording allowed. No gifts permitted. No gifts. No gifts. I could see that being particular with the recording with you, but the gifts? What's the logic behind that? Yeah, no gifts. Well, it, I, I assume they don't want him to have any reminder. They want him to forget. But what's stunning is that that setup is identical for the mother. After all she did, she gets to see him six times a year for two hours per visit every two months. No video recording, no gifts. So they literally just labeled us exactly the same. Do they have metal detectors over there for when she walks in the building and takes everybody out? One point that's really stunning about this is that my lawyer challenged this in the UK saying that, well, if you're giving authority over to the aunt and the aunt hates the father, and she wrote an 11 page long tirade, just accusing me of everything that the, her sister had. And I've never met this woman. My attorney told the judge, well, once he's with the aunt in the United States, how can the UK enforce these rules? How can we ensure that the aunt is even going to allow those six visits a year? And the judge acknowledged, well, once he's in the U.S., we won't be able to enforce anything. It will be up to the ant. Right. And as of October 6th, before he's even in the U.S., the ant has already suspended all visitation rights indefinitely. So what the U.K. has actually ruled is you can never see your son until he's 18. Assuming he wants to see you, because God only knows how he'll be poisoned between now and then. Yeah. And that's what they've ruled, despite writing all those positives about me. In her own final judgment, he can protect his son. He has a good standard of living. He'll be well cared for. 
This is Judge Levine? Yep. That's what she wrote. My God. And one thing I like to always point out about her is that in, I believe it was 2019, she had ordered that a woman that had Down syndrome, that she be forced to have to abort the pregnancy. A law that the NHS would force an abortion. And she was already at like 22 weeks. Levine did this. Yeah. And that made some headlines. It was, it became a global thing, like a judge ordered a forced abortion. This is insane. Sounds familiar. So what the mother did was she applied for an appeal, of course, and the judge specifically warned her, well, if you appeal and you lose, then you'll have to have a really late term abortion. You don't want to deal with that, do you? But fortunately, this woman still appealed and won. And it was after that, Justice Levin was assigned to run the family division for the United Kingdom. It was as if she was being promoted because of that. And she is in that position until I believe 2024, I think next year is her last year. And then she'd have to, I don't know how they do it. They run for re-election or exactly, I don't know how that goes, but yeah. somehow she's in this position. Clearly hates children, hates families. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. How does she run a family division? Now, what's the delay with bringing the child back to Florida? Well, he was originally, the order was in, it was late July of 2023 that the decision was made. Um, initially, I tried to appeal. Mm -hmm. So they, of course, waited for that to happen. And that was rejected. Okay. Um, we didn't even have a hearing on it. The UK appeals court just said, you have no chance of winning. That was literally their argument. You can't win. No kidding. You can't. Well, you have a penis. Yeah. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. Well, if we're going up against Blessed Horror, you know, good luck with that. So they registered the order. It wasn't until October, I want to say it was the 11th, October 11th, that the order was registered in Florida. And then Florida sent me a letter saying, hey, this foreign order was registered saying that they, this other person now has custody of your son. You can either accept this and not reply and in 20 days. It's cemented or you can challenge it. Of course, immediately challenged. Sure. And they haven't scheduled a hearing until January 18th. I have very much gotten to a, a very positive place in life. With all the negativity, I'm very happy with the progress I've made. And this must be, I tend to joke when I get a, a little jammed up. This must be one of the least positive episodes I've had because I'm just so frustrated by what you're going through. And I know the story coming into this and I'm still frustrated. I didn't know about the bleeding heart. Yeah, I actually have had some pretty traumatic things happen in the past, but uh, this takes the cake. Yeah. Because it's one thing if something happens to you. Mm-hmm. When it's happening to your kid, especially this young, and the fact that he's been abused, and I myself was abused as a child. And so you get it. Multiple ways. Yeah, man. So then to see him have to experience, especially when it's so avoidable, so predictable, and with all the evidence in the world to support what I'm arguing, and then to still, uh, up till this point, at least, uh, losing, just consistently losing. I've got all the documents. I have the police reports that say this woman is incredible. Mm-hmm. The local authority in the UK said, hey, she's accusing the local authority and the foster care of using the child. She's lying. So why do they believe her when she talks about me? Right. Everything else she's told you is a lie. You've proven it. But this part, this part's true. Yeah. The one big piece of hope that I'm clinging to her as far as the US law goes, especially with uh, what will happen in Florida. Supreme Court decision. It was Routon versus Routon. It determined, this court has determined that parents have a fundamental right to direct the care, custody, and control of their children. This court also has determined that the government shall not interfere with this right unless and until a parent is proven unfit. Okay. And nothing has been proven negative about me. In fact, the exact opposite. Right. I mean, the fact that I have an entire video covering every month of my remote visits with him, where he's either crying to see dad, saying, oh, let's charge the phone. Foster care is saying, oh, we've got to go. And he goes, phone charge. Oh, no. He was barely talking yet. He goes, phone charge. Charge it. We won't have to go. First time he had a four-word sentence, he said, talk dad little bit. My brother. I mean. We'll get him home, man. He's, we'll get him home. I certainly hope so. We'll get him home. <laughs> he, he needs to be. He's going through hell. Um, I know from the foster care last that I did speak to her that he cries for me especially after the in-person visits in May 2022. Unbelievable that it's that long ago. Yeah. But she said that this has been happening quite often. Um, and he would actually take her phone and run away with it, trying to... Try to figure out. Hold that. Hold that. Yeah. I just put up a video the other day where he, he flat out says he wants to see a map of America. And when they pull it up, the supervisor says to me, Hey, uh, Dad, where, where, where are we looking? Because they're just looking up Google images. Right. Before I... You know, before I even said California, he goes, where where daddy is. And then he says, once he hears California, he says, I want to live in California with daddy. Yeah. It's like, can anyone just listen to this kid? What is the problem here? And I'll never understand it. And I'm glad. 
Yeah, me too. Because to understand that would require being a very evil person, because it doesn't make sense. It could never make sense what this government's doing. And the fact that the U.S. government isn't intervening in any way. Um, I had talked to the State Department, and they actually said that if my son, if this were happening, but my son was in Russia, then they would intervene. So I said, so you could. You could make a phone call, and my son would come home. Because I don't believe the U.K. would fight them on that. If they got an actual call from the U.S. State Department and said, hey, yeah, this guy's got full custody. He wants his three-year-old child back. You've had him for two years. Enough's enough. Yeah, of course not. But they won't do it because it's political. We don't flex to our allies. Yeah, probably because they were in the middle of the Ukraine stuff and you know, want to keep NATO together. And <laughs> The maddening part is this Sunday's episode, have you talked to Adam yet? I haven't yet. I got to get you guys together. So Adam's over in the UK. His episode's coming out this Sunday. His wife kidnapped his kid to Spain. Yeah. The UK is like, do you need to give this kid back? He's, you know, he's English. <laughs> like, but you're going to hold an American kid? As long as there's profit. Yeah, that, that part's... I can't figure out any other possible explanation. I know they get that bonus because it's on their website. That's a fact. It's actually on their website. And they're, and they're not hiding it. It's hard to find. Shoot me that link too. I've, I've got to look hard for it again. I found it once. Okay. It's buried, but it does exist. All right. 40,000. Um, that's what they get for a forced adoption placement. If he was simply returned to me, they get nothing. Right. So, gee, I wonder I wonder what they're going to do. <laughs> Can we just give him 40 grand? We'll do a fundraiser, get somebody together. Here's 40 grand. Just give us our fucking kid back. Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. I'd be like, I've got a decent line of credit. Just be like, here you go. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. All right. What's going on on the 18th? What are we doing on the 18th? January 18th is going to be an evidentiary hearing where the judge in Florida just wants to hear the arguments from all sides. It's just going to probably reboot the whole damn thing. Yeah. What is promising is that it appears, because I, I called the UK, I talked to the, the embassy, and they said that the local authority is washing their hands of the case, that it's considered closed. I don't know how they can do that since he's still over there. Yeah. But they're basically, it sounds like, are ceding all jurisdiction to Florida, in which case that Supreme Court decision I read should apply. It's very clear. There's no reason that I'm unfit in any way. Um, in fact, I've been proven above and beyond that I am beyond fit. Like It's like they've already evidenced this. They did every possible check in the book. In fact, even with the tax evasion thing, it turned out that I was owed money. Really? <laughs> the IRS owed me over three grand. Hey. So I was kind of thankful for it because I didn't know they owed me. And I was like, hey, what? That's awesome. It was like just everything they said was just false and proven to be false. And they still are like digging in, just digging in for no reason. Yeah. You would think it's wash your hands would be the easiest thing. It's not our kid, not our country. Take it, get this crap out of here. You, you're, you're an American, get out with your kid. You guys go figure that out in your country. Yeah. The, the argument I told them, and it was for their benefit at the same time, because I tried to think like them as best I could. I thought, well, if they're actually concerned about any liability of sending him to the father and then something happens and then it's on them, I don't know why they would think that, but let's pretend they think that's a legitimate risk. Well, turn them over to social services in the US. Exactly. And they'll give them right over to me, but then you guys aren't liable. Yeah. That's what I told them. I said, just turn them back over to the US and we'll take care of it. Wash your hands. I told them that and they still won't do that. Now they don't even speak to me. They won't give me updates. Recently, they wouldn't tell me what country he's in. He might not be in the UK. Well, I started getting text messages from the mother. And for the first time in probably three years, we had no communication. And some of the things she said insinuated that she had him. Really? So so I was like, yeah. So I didn't assume that was the case, but I was like, right. but it could be. I don't put it past them. Nope. So I contacted the UK and I asked the Coventry City Council. I called the social worker, Jessica Keene, mm -hmm. who replaced Blessed Whore. Um, I called and emailed her saying like, I at least should know what country my child is in. Is he already in Florida? Because if he is, my lawyer needs to know that. Yeah. And no response. I would think the State Department would have a record of someone coming into the well, you would think they'd have a record of him coming into the country. I would think that. But when the mother was in the UK and technically still under investigation, they had taken her passport away. Oh, yeah. But then she was still able to fly to the US. I was like, well, how did she, how'd that happen? The US embassy gave her a special 72-hour temporary passport. Right. And because of that, when she flew back to the US, she wasn't nabbed at the airport on the warrant because it didn't have the photo in there. It wasn't as detailed. Right. So it didn't trigger the warrant. So it took them like two or three months before they actually arrested her. During which time she could have easily just shown up at my door to act like she's delivering a pizza while holding the gun. Yeah, 100%. I was like, you let all this time pass. <laughs> and the UK knew. It's, it's incredible. And she's from Oklahoma, not known as a gun-free state. So she definitely has access to firearms. Yes. Well, and I know that the 
grandmother and the aunt uh, both have guns. And the grandmother explicitly has said, oh, come and try to see him. We'll blow your brains out. And she said that many times. I have at least 40 emails from the grandmother encouraging me to kill myself and or threatening to murder me. And I've shown that to them, too. I've shown that to the UK and they allowed the grandmother to continue having business. And she's in the abduction video. If you watch the abduction video, the mother's in the green. Okay. The one in the pink is her mother. Oh, no kidding. That's the grandmother helping her. Yeah. Yeah, aiding and abetting. They both showed up with suitcases in the full video. It's like, gee, I wonder what they're going to do. Why are they showing up to a, a visit to a child with suitcases? They're going straight to the airport. <laughs> but apparently no thinking happens. There's no basic common sense. I'm dumbfounded because normally I could come up with a plan. I mean, I'm pretty good at coming up with some kind of plan. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the probably the most challenging part here is that if Florida does reject the order in the UK, which by all rights is what will happen, he's still in the UK. Yeah. And they have in some notes, they have floated the idea of putting him up for adoption in their country. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I've already had lawyers warn that it could be like the uh, Elias Gonzalez case years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They said that's this could turn into that. It's looking that way. And I was like, well, how long would that take? And they're saying that you don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he's, well, he just turned four. I'd really like him to be home before he's five. Yeah. I think that should be doable. I think that's a very realistic goal. I think we could set that in stone and uh, see what, fuck, man. Jeez. I, I mean, my one, one hope that I have is that some politician in California will be a liaison to the State Department or the Department of Justice even. And they make a phone call to the UK and this is over. And you're in LA, which is Jimmy Gomez's area, and he started the Dad's Caucus. So I think after this episode, we're going to reach out to Jimmy and say, hey, you want to do stuff for dads? You're representing dads in Congress. Couldn't have a better case than this. Yeah. There's certainly cases where it's like, well, he says this, she says that. And there's some gray area. And it's like, who am I defending here? And not this case. <laughs> <laughs> you got video. I have endless video documentation and police reports. Everything is in my favor. Everything supports what I've said. I just wish that at some point the law was followed. The law has never not been on my side in this case. I love the loophole of recording court via different countries, because I guarantee there's no laws written that you can't record court from one country to another, because that didn't exist when they wrote laws. Yeah. Yeah, they can't do that. It's one one definite perk. Obviously, the circumstances are awful, but I'm thrilled that apparently this is the first this has seen the light of day. No one's seen the inside of a family court proceeding in the UK. Yeah. A lot of fathers over there know what goes on, but they can only talk about it. And who's going to believe them? Because half the time it is so outlandish what goes on that it's understandable that there'd be doubts. It's like, that can't happen. You're telling me social workers are lying their asses off blatantly. For no reason. For no reason. (laughs) Just sabotaging families. That that's happening? No, there must be more to it. No, there really isn't. There really isn't. There's none. This guy was just mad at me. He just resented me for whatever reason. Blessed whore? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know when the tide really turned was after the abduction attempt, and I called out all of them. Of course. I didn't curse at them. I cursed for emphasis. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck could this happen? Right. But I wasn't like you motherfuckers, you know? Yeah. So I coached it still. Better man than me. You know, it was pretty hard to keep that much control after that happened, especially when I saw him. I had a remote visit the very day after the abduction attempt. And at that time, that was just before Blessed Horror was fully in charge of uh, as the social worker. It was this other woman that was in charge for maybe not even a month. I think her name was Santu. But initially, the visit starts. My son is very upset. Normally, he's just thrilled to see me. Right. And he just looked like just blank. Well, this was the day after he was under a pile. Yeah. Yeah, of course. He's in the same building. It was the day after. But that was that was the stunning part was that the social worker admitted, listen, as soon as he got here and recognized the building, he associated it with what happened with mom. Absolutely. And then I was like, well, then why'd you bring him to this visiting center? Yeah. You have over a dozen in Coventry and it's a small town. You couldn't pick a, a different building, change it up. You couldn't think about how this might impact a child. Of course not. Because your child services. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, caring about children is the very last thing they care about. I'm sure there are good social workers. You know, there's always good ones. Oh, yeah. But I think they're more the exception to the rule. I think the majority are truly awful. They just don't care. And what they do care about more than anything is just following orders. If a local authority wants a case to go a certain way, they tell the social worker, hey, make sure this happens. And it happens. Uh, He was described as the utmost professional. Blessed whore. That's what they put in one of the documents. They put that he was the utmost professional and my the utmost professional. My issues with him were unfounded. Except for the video where he's telling you, and I've seen it, yep. provide emotional warmth for your son. Yeah. 
And he also challenged the guy wouldn't let him see his anyone on his maternal side of the family. I literally told him, I said, well, I got issues with, of course, the mother and the sister and the grandmother. Right. It's a large family. And I said, as long as it's safe, I have no problem with them having a relationship with as much family as possible. And he goes on the stand and he just denies that. The other side said, they're not going to let you see the baby, but it's okay to give it to them who's not going to let you see the baby, but it's not okay to give it to you who they perceive won't let them see the baby. Yeah. If they've stated you will not see the baby, you're like, no, it's okay. But they're like, no, we don't think we don't trust you because you've done nothing but been honest with us. Yeah, because I'm the guy. That's it. They just see the mother as a victim for sure, because she's tried to say that her whatever condition she does have, even though she most of the time denies she has any condition. She says that I caused her post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, he abused me and caused me to be like this. And that's why I did what I did. So it's like, so you're scapegoating, not just saying, oh, my mental illness made me do this. You're saying father caused you to have this mental illness that made you do none of that being true. None of it being true. (laughs) If you're ever waiting for accountability from the other person, don't hold your breath because you're always going to be the bad guy, no matter what you did. You, me, all of us. I really wished my ex would have come back at one point and been like, you know what? We did what we did. Let's just move on for the kids. That just never happened. And it was just recently when she started texting me, I only replied once and then I stopped because I know there's no, no good can come of it. Oh, yeah. I remember. But she did state that basically like, oh, last chance, like, let's try to be together. And it's like, what? you've said that I tried to rape you, that I've been threatening you, that I'm trying to kill you. You've said all this. Now you want to get back together. You know what? That might be a good sign that the baby's coming home because she wants to get back in to where she knows the baby's going to end up. Yeah, I think it's, I agree. I think it's either that or she knows how toxic she is. So if I'm associated with her, Mm. Then I become dangerous for him to be with because I'm still associated with her who is dangerous. But either way, it's not for my benefit. No, no, no. at all. No, sir. (laughs) And one thing she has said in the past was if I can't have him, no one can. That was one of the many alarming signals of she's going to hurt him. Yeah. So who knows what she's going to do? And she lived in a car with him in the winter. Come on. And I can see your place. He's got a nice place, ladies and gentlemen, especially the ladies. He's got a nice place. Yeah, it's, it's not bad for Los Angeles either. <laughs> it's fair point. I see as hell. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what's also stunning too is that I'm actually an educator for young kids. I, I'm an art instructor on Fridays for preschool mm-hmm. and early elementary. I've previously been a mall Santa Claus and Easter Bunny. Really? My career has been working with children and I, I happen to be very good at it. So it's like, I'm an ideal person for a child to be with. <laughs> And it's my own child. So, you know, this shouldn't be complicated in any way. No. And my wife's a former kindergarten teacher. And I see the remarkable ability she has of teaching my children because it's a one-on-one, two-on-one. Yeah. And my kids are thriving because they have an educator as a mom. Yeah. My plan is to homeschool them. I'm a knucklehead. I can only teach you what I know. But I mean, she's able to teach him like yourself as an educator. I'll start having a little trouble in like later high school. Oh, yeah. I'm a little rusty on uh, 11th and 12th grade and 10th a little, but um, yeah, I'd I'd be able to homeschool him fine. I was told by the initial social worker to go ahead and start getting his room set up. Okay. Oh, the initial. Yeah. I've had a room with his bed. Everything's been there since January, 2022. I've had to sell some of the stuff because he's too big for it. Right. It's it's insane. Like I got these flashcards for like learning the alphabet and stuff. It's like, he knows his alphabet. He's already doing basic math. He's brilliant. I'm like, they're at least... Getting them an education, they're working with them over there. They don't tell me anything. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, I know he goes to some kind of nursery thing, and whether he just caught on or what, I, I don't know. One thing that's really also, it's kind of a smaller point, but still significant, is that they refer to him as Christian. Okay. They always call him Christian, and that is on his birth certificate. But his mother and I had decided to call him Keanu. Okay. Keanu Kai Bond It's going to be his full name. I like it. She changed it to Christian Hillier, and she made it that name specifically, and she told me this was why. She wanted him called Christian because I had an unfortunate incident with a priest as a child. And I literally told her that is the only name I'm 100% against. I don't want him to be named Christian. Yep. I don't have anything against the entire faith. No, nope, I'm with you. But I just don't need that reminder, you know? Yeah, of course. And you picked one name out of a billion not to call the kid. Yeah. And then the last name Hillier, that's her ex-husband's last name. Not even hers. So a double double whammy, even just his name alone was used as a weapon. And the UK had the nerve to question that I was going to disrupt his identity if I changed his name to Keanu. Because they said, so what you're basically saying is that he should have two different 
identities. He'd be like two different people. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? His middle name is still Keanu. Right. So this isn't a big shift. No. And I've told you guys from the start, refer to him as Keanu. You keep calling him this other name. I mean, I get they're going with that because it's officially his name. But, but it's like, come on, you know he's not going to get released to the mother. How many millions of people are called by their middle name and not their first name? Plenty. I've known guys my whole life and I didn't know their first name was, I know a guy's, you know, his name's Charles. I'm Chuck. I didn't know that because he goes by another name. I'm like, really? Your real name's Charles? Yeah. So it seemed like this. it's not going to be that. And I've always called him Keanu. Yeah. He responds to that name. I go, hey, Keanu, you know, immediately looks up. So he associates with both. So it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not a controversy, but that's what they do in the UK. Their family court system, they just make up anything and everything, you know, from going after me for my tax records. That's insane. That blew my mind. My favorite was that my ex brought up other exes of mine that she claimed to have talked to. And she said, oh, I talked to all of his ex-girlfriends and they were all saying how abusive he is. And he's so violent and blah, 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 blah. And when they brought up one of them during the court proceedings, I said to the the, the barrister, I said, where is this woman? Why isn't she testifying today? Where is she? Where is she? Are you just believing what this woman's saying? That you yourself said is psychotic? That you yourself said is making false accusations against everybody in this courtroom? And he was investigated by two different police departments in the US, Bellingham and the LAPD. And they both dismissed her accusations as being false, but they still believe her. Right. And according to, um, it was uh, Ruth Kirby, she was representing the Guardian. She had said, well, don't you understand, Mr. Bond, we've never tested the evidence. We're allowed to test it. It's like, you've had two years. You've had two years to look into this and see if you have anything substantive. You shouldn't just be reading random text messages that the mother submitted, claim are legit, that have not been verified. Yeah. And just taking her at her word. If she'd been remotely convincing at any level, I could see there'd be an argument and we'd hash it out. But they found her to be psychotic. They found her to be falsely accusing everybody. They did the DNA test that proved you were the father. Yeah. After she lied in court about that. She lied in court in, in both the US and the UK. She perjured herself and she said, I wasn't the father. She said that more than once. So she's a known liar, a proven liar, homicidal. Abusive. Abusive. They got all this on record and they know it. Yeah. Almost blinded someone. But she's the woman. So, you know, there's no charges, nothing. It's crazy. In either country, as the U.S. insists that, well, she was in the U.K. when she did this, so we don't have jurisdiction. 100%. I get that. But I'm arguing that, hey, she threatened to kill me. I'm here. Correct. So I should be able to go to my local police reporter, and they refuse. But I'm certain that if the genders were flipped, I'd, I'd be doing serious time. Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite things that she did that was beyond outrageous, and it helped me certainly secure the LAPD's support, is that she found out which officer was investigating her. So she contacted that officer, threatened to kill her. Threatened to kill a police officer. I believe that's against the law, too. Yes, it is. Yeah. And then also, uh, she not only made that threat, but she then falsely reported the investigator as having an affair with me. And they opened up an internal affairs investigation. Get to the bottom of this. And they pulled her from the case. Of course. And it was, of course, completely false. Of course. It was just like, everything she says is taken serious. I mean, the favorite being, too, that you know, she said that I microwaved a cat. You know, I got that video up on TikTok. That's a great one. I, I love it when she brings that up because it's just so stupid. I haven't seen that one. Put this, send me the link for that one, too, please. <laughs> she claims that in 2009, six years before I ever met her, okay. that I microwaved a cat. Oh. And she keeps insisting on this story. Stay it long enough. And it's absurd because if you're going to lie about something like that, at least make it a year that would make some sense. You didn't know me at all. How could you possibly know what happened in 2009? Yeah. And yet the UK, I'm on the stand and they're like, is this something we should be concerned about that you would microwave a cat? And I said, first of all, I didn't microwave a cat. <laughs> and I said, let me tell you the whole story. I had a kitten. The microwave door was open on a counter in a small apartment. It walked in there. It looked cute. It looked funny. It fit in the microwave. It was such a small kitten. I took a picture of it. Yeah. And I told her about this because she recently had a cat that was sick, ended up dying. And I was telling her about this. Right. And then she goes, oh, well, he microwaved a cat. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and the guy, the local authority, dude, Aiden Vine, he literally said, I'm not saying you turn the microwave on. I've got no evidence for that. Got no evidence. I'm like, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> then what's your point? Why are you bringing this up at all? Other than to demonize me. That's exactly why it is. To make me look like shit. To make me look like even a suspect of doing something so heinous. I'm like, I, listen, if you did a background check on me and found a violent history. Okay. That still wouldn't be proof of microwaving an animal, but you got something. And I don't have that. And they did a background check. I got no, zero violent history. And they even said they have no concerns over my history. So they already had done that. 
they knew that. Yeah. And they're still bringing it up and admitting, yeah, we got no evidence, but. Oh, man. David, man, this is a lot. And I have a feeling you're going to be back on the show with some good news someday. Thank you very much for coming on the Why Daddy Never Cries podcast, brother. And we pray and wish you all the luck in the world with this. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for what you're doing. You know, a lot of fathers are thankful to being able to have their voice amplified in some way. And um, yeah, there's a lot to this case. So I uh, appreciate it. I definitely invite people to go to the TikTok and watch the videos, see for yourself. This is the craziest shit. Yeah. And all the videos, all the links for all this, they'll all be in the show notes, folks. So I really encourage you to just see how one-sided the system really is. And until we got cameras on them, man, no one believes what goes on behind these closed door family court sessions, but it's that bad. Yep, it is. All right. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you. Wow. That, uh, that was a lot. And by the airing of this episode, we have still not gotten word that a U.S. politician has stepped up to help David. We're in a country where politicians love to say, bring the boys back home. Well, here's your chance. And this is a baby. Innocent. Innocent child. Never hurt anyone. Bring our boy back home. Dad's Caucus, we're looking at you guys. You want to be the politicians of dads? Well, here we are, begging for your assistance. Don't let us down, man, or we'll find other politicians who will help us and make sure they stay in office. It is bad enough to know that you have limited access to your child, but not even knowing if you're ever going to see them again has got to be considered cruelty in some court of law. What if David didn't have the balls to record this corrupt court system, these corrupt social workers? What if he didn't post the video of his ex punching social workers? Still no charges, or so we're being told. Where in the world can you assault a government worker and get away with it? Where in the world can you assault people who are paid to protect your children and then have them give you your children? Why? Why? Why hasn't a politician stepped up in this country to help bring this American boy back home? Why are they sitting by behind the American flag, pretending to have our best interest at hand while our fucking children are being killed, stolen, sold. How many more stories do you need to hear? Because we're putting them out weekly. 2024, ladies and gentlemen, is the year of accountability. We started in 2023 and it's growing. You will be held legally liable for fucking with good dads. We guarantee it. All right, Joe, take us home. We must get our voices out there. Send us your stories to Why Daddy Never Cries at Gmail or Why Daddy Never Cries on Facebook. Remember, this is a daily and sometimes hourly struggle. So follow us on Daddy Never Cries at Twitter and Why Daddy Never Cries on Instagram and let your voice be heard. Let's end the fatherless children's syndrome that's plaguing this world. The team of Why Daddy Never Cries consists of Joe, the voice of reason, Nicole Kelleher, and Scott Hall. Thanks, everybody. You can't change what happened to you, brothers. What you can control, however, is how you react to every situation. So you got to figure out how to make it work for you. And when life gave me lemons, I said to hell with the glass. I'm making an international lemonade franchise. So until next time, you've got this, Daddy. Don't you know me?